Welcome to The Breakdown, where we dig deeper into Sunday sermon, talk about life, and encourage you in your walk with Jesus. Hey, what's up, everybody? We are back with another episode of The Breakdown, and uh, we have Nick back with us. Oh, man, it's been too long. I don't know <laughs> if anybody's going to remember me anymore. Yeah, I know. I was trying to think back to the last time we did one, but uh, last time was Blake and Kai. Yeah, so, I know. Yeah, it's probably been three weeks for me, uh, at least, with uh, being out of town two weeks in a row and uh, had a church camping trip and had a memorial service for mother-in-law and yeah, so here we are catching back up again. I know <laughs> it's 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 good to be back though. Uh, I always enjoy this time get together talk about the sermon, uh, give give my two cents and, and hear your two cents. And sure. so uh, yeah, I, I'm excited to to get started with this. We've had um, a transition. We were doing you know these are your gifts. How do you use them? And we started really a new series uh, called the Imitators of God. And so uh, talking about the imitators of God, um, our question for the day is if you could really imitate your life, somebody that you really looked up to, um, who would you choose other than a family member? Sure. Yeah, I mean, there's a handful of people in my life that have been so instrumental. um, And some of them I've probably talked about before, maybe even on the podcast. But my friend, uh, Brandon Craig, who's been in ministry for a year longer than me because he's a year older than me. Uh, but, you know, was really my best friend in high school. And I really followed him in so many ways, followed him to Bible college, followed him in ministry, <clears throat> starting in youth ministry. And that guy is still in youth ministry 25, 26 years later. Oh, that's awesome. uh, same church that entire time, which oh, wow. is just an amazing thing. But, but, and all that is great about Brandon, but one of the things that's always been true of Brandon is, is he's always been a really good friend. Mm-hmm. He's always been the person that would reach out, check in, all that kind of stuff. He's better at it than I am. Yeah. Um, it's very easy for me to lose track of some of that kind of stuff, but uh, that's just his nature. You know, he comes by that honestly. So I'd be, I'd be more like that. Hopefully he won't ever hear this because <laughs> I don't want to... Uh, I don't want him to think think too much there. So <laughs> you do hear this, Brandon. You know I love you. How, how about you, That's man? Funny. Um, one person really comes to my mind, and I was thinking about this. Is it was the uh, the pastor that I really grew up under. Um, we moved to to New Iberia when I was in the second grade, and um, the next year he came on as as head pastor and was my pastor growing up um, through high school, college. Just an amazing man. The depth of knowledge that he had. Mm-hmm. It's really the first person that I, I met that uh, had uh, a doctorate, that mm-hmm. understood the biblical languages, and he kind of um, sparked that interest in me. Mm-hmm. And and seeing scripture, um, how beautiful it was. You know, it's just not words on a paper that that we live by. Like it's transforming. Sure, when you read it, like your call to action, your call to change. And especially now, since, um, you know, I, I'm in full-time ministry and now I'm, I'm looking at these words and studying them. Mm-hmm. I just have just a, a greater appreciation for what he did and instilled in us. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it would definitely be uh, Dr. Kenneth Wright. Uh, <laughs> we just call him Mr. Ken, but uh, sure. uh, it, it was awesome. And to see him, uh, he just had a creativity about himself. I, I think he was a man that was uh, before his time period. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
we recorded our, our video, our, our sermons, and had them air on TV. You know, really before that was popular on YouTube. It was, it was really cool for such a small church, the opportunity that we had. Um, he, he wrote all our puppet scripts for VBS. And nice. so uh, a man of, of many talents. Um, but when I was thinking about imitators of God, I mean, he's such a godly man and example that you know, I appreciate all the work that he's put into uh, his ministry. But also talking about imitators, yeah. um, I, I was thinking, secondly, mm -hmm. um, because I know that, that he probably won't listen to this, yeah. uh, this is a funny story about imitators of, of just, you know, watching somebody right. and saying, hey, I should probably do what he's doing. <laughs> um, I, I think I told you this, too. I think it was at our last um, board meeting yeah. where we were talking about the different ministries sure. and we were kind of lining people up in specific ministries and you know you volunteered nobody told you where to be yeah and so i wasn't sure what i needed to do yeah and uh and i was like man what, what should i do and then the thought came into my head what would brian do uh -huh. and so i waited for brian to volunteer for something uh -huh. and i was like okay i probably need to volunteer for at least one yeah. and then volunteer he volunteered for a second one. i was like I should probably do what Brian did. <laughs> and so yeah. it, it's funny how we pick up on like who we should imitate because of, of you know the fruit that they've already laid out. Oh, he's yeah. a good one. He's yeah. a good one. And I Brian, think I could go right. Everybody wants to be like the golden boy. Yeah. <laughs> We're supposed to call him the golden man now, but the yeah, golden he's the golden. Boy. He's the golden boy. He's oh. awesome. I thought that was that was a perfect segue to really what we're talking about with imitators of Christ because we want to be like Christ. Sure. I mean, he's he's the example. And we're supposed to be disciples that, that do everything like, like he's called us to do. Right. And that's really, you know, of course, the crux of the series in, in Ephesians 5, which the whole, the whole series in uh, Imitators of God is built around the book of Ephesians. And it's really a study all the way through Ephesians. Ephesians 5, it tells us, you know, therefore, be imitators of God, right? So it, it, ultimately, what Paul's message to the church, I mean, of course, you, you can say that about any letter, and ultimately what his message is, <laughs> is not, that's not really true, because it's ultimately a lot of different messages. However, I think the crux of his message is follow God, be like God, live in the ways of God, et cetera, et cetera. So when we imitate him, it's that, hey, God has told you, shown you, taught you who it is you're supposed to be. So go be that. Yeah, yeah pretty straightforward. But uh, something that here a couple of thousand years later, the Lord is still working on every new Christian, including us. Yeah. And what we'll do today is, is we're just going to kind of break down um, the text that we went through. We went through Ephesians 1. Uh, verses 15 through 23 and uh and you make a couple points and i just kind of want to reiterate them talk about them maybe go a little deeper you got into some uh some word studies and you had my mind reeling when you were doing that and so uh, maybe we can nerd out a little bit when we get there but um your first thought was that paul shows this attitude of thankfulness and i'm going to read verses uh, 15 and 16. it says for this reason Ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty encouraging mm -hmm. that Paul hears about this church, that, that he's seeing these things happen. As, as somebody in leadership, as a pastor, how encouraging is it for, for you to see people being faithful? Yeah, I mean, it is one of the things, of course, I said in the message of, you know, it's easy for me to connect with Paul in that because thank God for faithful churches 
you know, thank God for their impact on our lives, their impact in the kingdom. Uh, I've been able to be a part of my two ministries, two, you know, full-time ministries since I got out of Bible college, uh, two really strong, healthy, you know, loving churches. Neither of those churches is perfect, yeah. but, and, and it's not filled with perfect people because no church is, but it's filled with a lot of people that really love the Lord. And so it becomes very easy to just say, Lord, thank you for providing us with environments as leaders where we can grow and where people help grow up, you know, they help grow us and hopefully we help grow them. And, you know, it's a mutually beneficial, beneficial relationship. So yeah, that is, it's easy to be encouraged and to encourage then a church like that, which I tried to do on Sunday for our church, just like Paul did yeah. for the Ephesians. Yeah. And I think back to, um, Last time I went to my parents' church, the pastor there asked me to just, you know, say some things about, it was whenever we were transitioning to come yeah. to Galilee, like what, what was God doing in my life? And man, I, I stood in the pulpit on a Wednesday night and I couldn't help but think about all the people that were a part of my life in that church yeah. that I was thankful for right. because they really, you know, rooted me in what Paul, I think is going to point us to later is in the gospel mm -hmm. and, and everything, every part of my life, they're like, Hey, this is how you live out the gospel. They were examples to me. And, you know, I like Paul can say, thanks. Like right. that's, that's encouraging for me to know that you're living out your calling that God's given you to, mm -hmm. to raise and to, to show people what it looks like to be imitators of God. Um, yeah. What a gift that is to be a church that sends out Timothy's, you know, and, and to be a Timothy of a healthy church is, uh, yeah, that's a good thing. And, it, and it's awesome because most of the time we hear about like the bigger churches doing yeah. stuff and you know, we're this tiny church. Yeah. Like if we had a hundred on a Sunday, like mm -hmm. we were pumped. Small churches, massive impact. Uh, Bob Russell tells a story about that, about the church that he was involved with. And if you don't know folks, Bob Russell was a minister of Southeast Christian Church in Louisville, Kentucky. And, you know, it was a, ended up being a 20,000 member church, et cetera. But Bob started at a little church. I don't remember if it was in Kentucky or that kind of Kentuckiana play, you know, region of the country in, in between Indiana and Kentucky, but small little church, 70 some people. But they had like, I don't even know, it's like 13 different guys that have come out of there that oh, have wow. been significant, you know, made a significant impact. And he's one of them. But nobody had ever heard, of, nobody would have ever heard of the place, know anything about it. But what was there were faithful people teaching the word of God, loving people well, you know, raising up generations, teaching generations. Galilee, you know, has lots of those stories, of course, over 153 years of people that have grown up in this church and have gone on to do great ministry and, you know, made a difference for the kingdom. I, you know, it's it's a very, very, very good thing. Yeah. And I think Paul then perfectly segues into this second point that you talk about is uh, he prays for wisdom and growth. And in verse 17, it says, I keep asking that God, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Yeah, you guys are being faithful and I love to see it. But guess what? There's always room for growth. There's always this room where we can be more faithful to God. We could, um, he uses um, the word wisdom and revelation. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and you kind of talked about these two words cause I think they're, they're pretty important. Mm -hmm. Um, the first one, I, I think 
that I want to mention is is this word spirit. Mm-hmm. I have this app on my phone. It's called Literal Word, mm-hmm. and it'll give you uh, if you click on a word, it'll give you the Greek or the Hebrew mm-hmm. word and a definition. And so I was playing around with that. Um, but this word spirit is it's a frame of mind. It's a it can be translated a, a disposition or influence. And so um, I was looking at it. God wants us to have this frame of mind of wisdom. Mm-hmm. And you talked about wisdom, this word Sophia, this knowledge of spiritual things. So mm-hmm. he wants us to be in this frame of mind of spiritual things and of revelations, right? this, this uncovering of, of truth. Sure. I think that that is a beautiful picture of how we as Christians, a prayer that we should have, but a wanting that we should have to know not just facts about God, but how we can be more like God, how we can have him, you know, reveal the things within us that we really need to change. And sure. And Paul's later going to be saying, well, what he's really revealing to us is the gospel all over again. Yes. Like that's really the power that fuels this change of, of our minds, renewing of our mind. Um, yeah. You, you've spoken to it well and that, the revelation is Jesus. The mm-hmm. revelation is your relationship with Jesus. And where the growth happens is where your is when your relationship with Jesus grows. Yeah. You know, that that so much is what he wanted for them and what we should want for ourselves. So. Yeah. And I, I just imagine this. I mean, this is Paul writing here. Um, and in his conversion story, he has, you know, he's blinded on the road to Demea on Demea. Damascus. Damascus. Uh, Damascus. <laughs> so, some D word. Uh, and so he's blinded. And like, I just think about the revealing that God had to, to give him. Like he's transitioning from this guy who's you know, killing Christians and murdering him. And then God reveals who he is. And he's like, Paul, I want you to do this. And that, that radical transformation that happens in his life to the point where now he's writing to other churches. And he's saying, Hey, this is how God grabs your attention, is, is the reminding of the gospel. But we'll get to that uh, a little later. Um, I, I like the quote that you, you had. You just said, we have never arrived as a Christian. Yeah. We've never, there's not this, this final place. Sanctification is a lifelong process. Yes. And, and I find myself recently preaching a lot of that through the book of James on, on Wednesday nights is, Trials will lead us to persevere and endure, and it leads to a more maturing of our faith. Mm-hmm. It's not this full completion because we won't really have that until the final day of Christ, but it's this process of maturity, yeah. which happens over time. Absolutely. I, that's, again, very, very critical. And, you know, lots of us are achievement-oriented and achievement-focused, and we think, all right, I'm going to keep climbing that mountain. and. I'll reach the pinnacle and then I'm good. I did it. And that's not the Christian life. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not a, it's a continual climbing that never stops until mm. you breathe your last breath. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And that I can look back on my life and see areas in which I've grown in maturity. Um, but then 10 years from now, I'll be like, Oh yeah. Like I, I've grown even more. Yeah, and those areas, it's yeah. like the mountain keeps growing in front of you. You, <laughs> you think you've reached the, the plateau and the, a new uh, summit uh, appears. It's, but it's an, it's encouraging because I know that 
the example Christ has given us, like whenever I'm climbing, whenever I'm being sanctified, I'm looking more like Christ. Yeah. I'm not comparing myself to myself 10 years ago or mm-hmm. to a future self. I'm comparing myself to Christ. Yeah. Then in, in verse 18, Paul, he, he prays for enlightenment. He says, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance and the saints. Um, and so in verse 18, he's he's praying for this, um, this enlightenment. I, I did a, a little word study. I don't know if this was in your notes or not, mm-hmm. um, but I looked at the word heart mm-hmm. and, and I, I found this. It's the focus of our, our collective energies. And so he's praying that the eyes of our heart that our collective energies uh, may be enlightened, that our moral and religious condition that we have as a man would be in light of the gospel to say that, hey, as a man, I can't do anything to save myself. Yeah. Like it's it's God that, that saves us. And so that enlightenment, it, it brings, it makes known, it reveals who God is mm-hmm. and, and his part in salvation. And man, that's an encouraging prayer from Paul. Like Paul is saying, hey, I want you to know Christ more. I want you to have this, um, this mindset about you that you would be focused on this, on God and God alone. Yeah, the, heart, the heart being the seat of the soul relative yeah. to the Bible, right? That you know, when the heart is referenced, in very often, if not always, talking about you know, the totality of self. And yeah. so I think that, you know, may all of yourself be focused right on, on Christ. So, yeah, that's the idea. Then you gave kind of three, um, three items for our attention here. You said we have the hope uh, is, is having been called, mm-hmm. having been called sons of God, um, that, the rich, that we have the written, uh, richness of our inheritance and a, a future inheritance um, and eternal life, but the inheritance we have as Christians today, like we get to live uh, a life in God in the way that we were created. And this hope gives us power as believers. Um, I think that one for me is really encouraging. Uh, it's tangible here and now to say uh, uh, the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives within us. Right. Like we have this opportunity to be more like Christ each and every day. Not by our own means, but mm-hmm. by the grace of God. Absolutely. And then the last point that you made was that this shows us the power that we have in Christ. And verses 19, 20, or 19 through 23 say this. It says that the power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all these things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything in the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Like Paul is saying, the hope that we have is in Christ. Mm-hmm. Like all this, the, the, the reason Paul is thankful, the reason that he's praying for wisdom and growth, for enlightenment, it's because of the work that, that Christ has already done in us. Sure. Yeah. And I like that you really said that we need to be reminded of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Like the resurrection of Christ is yes. powerful. When we, we feel like we really understand it, it's time to revisit it again. That's right. You know, the, 
emphasizing and re-examining and reacquainting ourselves, maybe the best way to say it, reacquainting ourselves with the resurrection itself is where so much power lies. And, you know, I gave the Keller quote uh, where he talks about that very idea that, you know, ultimately the, the, the resurrection becomes for us a kind of a touchstone, a guidestone that um, if we will be confronted and have it revealed to us all over again, yeah. you know, it really has the power to, to shape our Christian life, you know, and, and to remind us of the power of God over no matter what comes. And I think it, I think that I got that idea from Keller about if, you know, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you come up against, yeah. if Jesus Christ really raised from the dead, you're going to be okay. Yeah. Right. It's such a, <laughs> it's such a simple idea. You know, you, you're going to be okay. Yeah. And, and I've seen that revealed in my life and ministry through the years, having walked with people who've died, people who battled cancer, people who were in their final you know years, maybe dying of old age. Um, and walking with them through that confrontation of death and have being able to have that conversation with them about, hey, you know, the good news is you're in Christ. You've already won. Yeah. Like, no matter what comes now, no matter how this goes, right, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. And so blessed be the name of the Lord. And you can really say that because you know Jesus. Yeah. This is not lip service. This is not, you know, feel goody, make you feel better conversation. It's just truth. Mm -hmm. It's as simple as that. And it's, I mean, it is encouraging, but uh, in talking with people that are going through hard times, it's like, I don't know any other way to put it, but to remind you of the gospel. Like, you may feel like Satan's winning right now. We all know how this ends. You know, death has been defeated. You know, the agent that he had against us, you know, the wages of sin is death. Jesus paid for us for that. We know how it ends on Judgment Day. Yep. Like, we have this hope and this power within us to get through these various trials. And, and these trials will produce an even greater faith if we allow it, if we remind ourselves of the res resurrection of Jesus, of the gospel. Um, it's powerful. It is. I think, I think for some, and even for myself, I, I can get wrapped up in what's going on right here, right now, sure. like in the little things and the little inconveniences of life, or even, you know, what we consider a big inconvenience, I can get bogged down in that. And I'm grateful for brothers and sisters that are like, hey, get out of yourself, mm -hmm. like be reminded of what Christ has done for you. Then it puts everything into perspective and you're like, yeah, you're right. I don't really like to hear that sometimes, but it's so true. And it allows us to kind of get out ourselves and be put back onto that path of, of doing everything, of, of giving our heart to Christ, of being enlightened. Yes, it does. So would you like to foreshadow anything in, in your next, you know, we're doing, this is a, is it, this is a pretty lengthy sermon series. Yeah, this will take us all the way through, um, this will take us all the way through the end of November. Mm -hmm. um, the next part in this is that we're made alive in Christ. And so it's, it's, it's Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. I'll just tell you that um, this week we open with uh, Amazing Grace. And uh, the, touch, the touchstone that is the hymn, Amazing Grace, and its impact in, on a lot of people's lives. And that same hymn 
uh, we'll actually close out the message as well. So we'll okay. just kind of see how, how that comes together. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is Nick's going to sing a solo for us. Uh, Listen, Sunday morning. I only know if you show up, because even if I do, we're cutting it from the live feeds. <laughs> that edit will be made. Uh, yeah. Well, that's funny. So, man, like we like to end every podcast, what you what are you looking forward to? Yeah, man, I am I am pumped that we are just a couple of weeks away here from being back into our worship center. We've had great worship services in our Family Life Center and have just, as I've said many times, been so blessed in that space and by that space. Um, it's just a beautiful reminder that the people of God can gather and worship anywhere. I mean, this church, even in the last two years, has worshiped in our parking lot. You know, it's wherever we'll be fine camp or whatever you know um but the new space is going to be a lot of fun it's going to be a great beautiful space inviting uh to our community and yeah i, I can't wait so that's me how about you yeah i mean i i'd echo that but um, <clears throat> i am enjoying this weather oh man this is fantastic yeah, I, I mean, it's nicer than Louisiana. Oh, <laughs> I don't even know what this is. Like, uh, it, this is amazing. And so uh, we kind of checked out uh, a couple of places, been doing hikes and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And so hoping to get another one in soon. You know, the girls seem to love it. And I mean, I love being outside. It's especially. been some exceptionally good weather. Yeah. Like we don't, even we do not usually get okay. this many days right. of sunshine with yeah. no rain, with temperatures in the high 70s and very low 80s so that don't get spoiled do not yeah that's <laughs> not really super normal you might get a day I'm expecting like this year after year you man know? I, you could sign me <laughs> up for it i can promise <laughs> you that oh man yeah so I, I i'm looking forward to that same as, as you getting back into our regular space but um man I, i've been really encouraged lately with with all the um, you know first time guests that we've had and the conversations we've been having um and that's super encouraging for me. That fuels my fire. So mm -hmm. you can only imagine what, what God's going to do in the in the, the short time to come and in the long run. Yeah. Just excited to be a part of it. So. Me and you both, brother. All right. We appreciate everyone listening, uh, and we'll see you guys next week. See you.